Your attention, please. The Walt Disney World Railroad, now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. Board. All right, Brad, let me start by saying that I let you down and I did not watch Olaf's Frozen Adventure tonight. I'm going to have to pull hashtag dad life as, a, as my excuse. Wait, wait, wait. Hashtag dad life should mean that you watched Olaf's Frozen Adventure because if there's anybody who's really going to enjoy it, it's going to be a small child. Yeah, my, what, 10-week-old daughter? Oh, it's going yeah, to love it, dude. She she was very disappointed. Her, I really her had first to, words are were were going to be Olaf. Now who <laughs> knows what they will be? I had to really call, sit down and, and talk to her and calm her down uh, because we I didn't assumed. get to watch it. Yeah, because you missed it. <laughs> so then I guess that we don't have to follow. I mean, can we not spend another entire episode talking about that? Oh sure, yeah, no, we should. We okay. definitely should because everybody. That's what that's, that's what the people tune in for. This is actually missing the Olaf, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Cool. No, but you you had thoughts on Coco. Oh, oh, that we didn't Coco. get. That's to. a thing. That was the, a thing the too. film. Well, let's see. It took us it took us thirty minutes to talk about a twenty minute thing. Coco probably clocked in at eighty to ninety minutes. I don't know. I, I'm not looking at IMDb right now. So in about six episodes, we should be able to discuss it, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's what we're going for. That uh, works for me. No, no, I do think Coco is going to be pretty quick. But I just I wanted to uh, to say that you know I thought that was a an, an amazing film. Basically, it's a return to greatness. I think for Pixar using a using a new IP, and I I don't know because like you said the the good dinosaur was kind of a trip up cars 2 i think was a huge fall on your face uh but then you have what toy story 3 which lee unkrich also directed okay and then you have you have cars 3 which was pretty good yeah yeah so so i don't know i don't know but like i was excited to see them succeed with a with a new ip not with a continuation of an existing ip Mm-hmm. And to and to do something that was a story that, or or something that I wasn't really that familiar with, you know, mm-hmm. my family doesn't doesn't celebrate Dia de los Muertos, uh, nor clearly we don't because I don't know how to say it correctly. I don't think. But anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, to to see something like that, and I believe to connect with it in a in a real way though i will say that for me a lot of that connection wasn't as much with that aspect of the film as it was with uh so coco is the name of the the kid's great grandmother and she is suffering from uh essentially some form of dementia and my grandmother passed away from that in april Mm. So I think that, you know, I, I know that that's why it, it struck a chord with me because, uh, let's just say there were, there were a few times where the theater did get awfully dusty, uh, but, but here's the thing. Here's the other thing. I think that, I think that made it more, that created an attachment for me, but I don't think that was necessary to create an attachment with this film. The, the one thing that I would say is I'm not sure. And and again, I don't have kids, so it's a little bit harder for me to judge this. But I I don't know that this one's going to be as popular with kids. 
Really? Yeah, because it's a it's I don't know, it it feels like it has a slightly more serious like the the serious versus not serious side of things. It feels more weighted towards serious. And I don't hmm. and I don't know. I again, Brad doesn't have kids. Brad could be totally wrong about this. Feel free to let us know that Brad is totally wrong about this, but you know, I, I just wondered if the if the weight hadn't shifted maybe a bit too much in that direction. How many fart jokes were there? Zero. Hmm. Wait, 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 wait. Maybe one. <laughs> you know the the only the only complaint that I really have with it after the fact is the songs. A lot of the songs are too short for me. Uh, because if you go to the you know if you go listen to the soundtrack, like. There's one uh, Un Poco Loco that's that I thought was really good, but it's like a minute and a half. And I almost want to like I almost want them to take these songs and our uh, what the world is my is me familia. Like I I want them to take these songs and like flesh them out into full songs and make. Yes, because I want to hear the rest of that song. Yeah. Like, it, you know, it stops for whatever reason the film had for it to stop. And that's the end of the song. And I'm like, no, no, no. Go ahead and now now present me with a real song like Un Poco Loco. I was actually looking because I because I thought, okay, so this must be this is probably an actual song that they then used for the no, no, it's not an actual song they used for the film. It's a it's a song that they created for the film. And then, like I said, I'm disappointed because I thought maybe there'd be a few more verses to it when you didn't have to get through it to get to your next plot point or whatever. Right. And score by the wonderful Michael Giacchino. Also. Yes. Yes, yes. And and it shows. Um I also like that the soundtrack does come with English and Spanish. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. So That's fun. So I mean, and and even the English has Spanish in it, right? But the Spanish right. is like the full Spanish, but that comes as part of this movie actually being released in Spanish in theaters. Yeah, and so, in Mexico first. Yeah, yeah. So you actually had the 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 dub or or whatever done and presented to you know not just kind of after the fact or you know on whatever services and via uh you know whatever distribution channel blu-ray digital dvd whatever it was actually in in theaters that way which i right. i think that's really cool you know like mm-hmm. this is the this this is the people's story that we are telling let's go ahead and tell that in their in their language as well right so anyway, overall, it's a very cool film. Yes, like all all around. Yeah, so so there's a lot of cool things about that film. Um, I don't know if they kept the the weird little you know welcome to Coco. Here's the I don't I I feel kind of bad about saying that that's a, that was weird the the transition piece between Olaf's Frozen Adventure and Coco, where they tell you about what what is involved and how excited they are to be telling the story. Because I think maybe to them it was pivotal, you know, and, a, and an important thing to 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 tell people what they're about to see or whatever. But I don't know. It, it still just it still felt a little bit disjointed to me. Like it's the sort of thing that I would fully expect to see on the special features of a DVD, not something I would have expected to see in a theater. If that makes any sense. Yeah, well, it, it, that's exactly what it seems like is is special features as an intro to like this special features reel or something. Um and it does seem weird, but I think it it is to 
like you said last week, facilitate that tonal shift from Frozen to what you know what may be a, a what is a more serious movie. So I would say that that goes away with Frozen because at that point it's not needed anymore. It's not, but if they but if they feel that the the reason behind it is to, uh, like I feel I feel like it's tonal shift, but Pixar may fully feel like. This is to represent the importance of this particular project. Yeah, and if that's the, and if that's the way they feel about it, I I could definitely see it staying. But again, it, it felt a, it felt a little awkward. But yeah, overall, Coco I thought was a was a very very good film. I definitely suggest going and watching it. Um, you know, but, but when I rent that on iTunes, does that play before the movie? Mm, I doubt it. I I imagine I imagine when it becomes Blu-ray when it. When it becomes Blu-ray, iTunes, whatever, it's a special feature at that point. Yeah. I think it's just a special feature that they're going to play in front of the movie, though. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't I know. See. That's just, that's, that's my take on it. We'll see. We'll see what actually happens when it, when it comes out, you know? I, but at the same time, like, when you, when you watch the Blu-ray of Toy Story 3, you don't get the short before the film, do you? No. No, yeah, it's so, a special feature. Right, so I think I think it's that sort of a thing. That makes sense. I was just it's again, it's another thing about this that's unusual. Yeah, it's just a, this is a weird. This was a weird release, but yeah. again, I don't, I don't want that that aspect to turn anybody off from it. I would definitely suggest going and and go and see it in the theaters so that you create so that we can create the kind of buzz that that encourages Disney and Pixar. I don't know. It'll probably just encourage them to make a Coco 2. I hope that it doesn't. What I want to encourage them to do is to explore more stories, explore more original IP, you know, because mm-hmm. I, it, don't get me wrong. I am totally pumped to see Incredibles 2, but I don't just want to always see two, three, four. And I understand why they do those things. It's a it's much more secure than than betting it all on good dinosaur and then finding out that it tanks. Right. Mm-hmm. And Coco could have done the exact same thing, but it didn't. And I, I just want to see them continue to take those chances. And, uh, you know, we're not going to get into it because it, it, it definitely falls outside of our purview at this point. And I don't even know what all's going into it. But Disney clearly has the money to do this because they just paid, what, $52.4 billion mm-hmm. for, for Fox. So, Disney, you can, you can afford to roll the dice every once in a while with a, <laughs> with a new film like this. And so... Yeah, I, I want to see I want to see more Coco type type stuff out there. I, I was actually going to bring this up as we transition out of movie talk because one thing that they did get in the Fox twenty first century Fox deal is Avatar, so they do own Avatar now as well as X Men, which is a Marvel property. So they they do own those two things that you know disney owned marvel but they weren't allowed to make x-men movies because fox fox had the rights to x-men so they have x-men now but they also own avatar which is pandora so i guess they don't pay licensing for that anymore they just own it which is great you know that's that's obviously good for them but so it does kind of tie into the parks because they do own the the ip well, that and that, and that's going to extend. So, like, if they if they own X Men outright now, I would expect that we would maybe start seeing X Men stuff happening in both, like, and seeing maybe not immediately, right? Because Marvel had already bef- 
even before Disney, Marvel was already becoming a force as far as films were concerned, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know that X-Men is there yet, right? They keep no. rebooting and changing things around. But if Disney can, and Disney's going to want to Marvel, you know, MCU, the X-Men stuff, if they can do that with the X-Men property, I expect that we'll start seeing some of that stuff park side as well. And mm-hmm. Disney would probably appreciate to have something that doesn't have the, well, and again, have not, I have not read into it yet, but what I would assume is not quite as convoluted as the rest of the Marvel stuff is when it comes to the park side of things. But <laughs> again, again, I have, I have not looked at this yet. Um, and there's, you know, this, this includes stuff that, that I think will, will play into the park side of things. This play, this includes more weird stuff that won't include probably move into the park side of things. Um, cause you know, I don't see the Simpsons coming over to Disney parks. Right. But so, again, that's a thing that Disney owns now that Universal has the theme park rights to. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so our, our, our buddy Facebook Joe, uh, actually messaged us, uh, you know, shortly after this was, this was announced or whatever. And he's like, so now they have two IPs at, at Universal that Disney owns. And I, yeah. And it just keeps growing. But again, I'm not sure what the, I'm not sure how the whole Simpsons thing works out. Uh, you know, I, and maybe, that, you know, I could honestly see Disney saying, you know what, if that makes us enough money, they might even continue to license that to Universal. I don't know that that would be something they would want to have in a Disney park. You mean The Simpsons? Yeah. They don't have a choice with Marvel. Right, right. Their, their, their contract is in perpetuity. Well, and if they had a choice with Marvel, I don't think that they would. They've, they've proven in their other parks that they have, you know, that they want to bring Marvel into the fold right uh you know but they're being prevented from doing this but yeah i think something like the simpsons which you know i don't think that trends into something that disney would really want to put in there i don't know I mean, it's a little think, edgy no yeah. i think i think the simpsons is just a little bit edgy and it's not it doesn't mesh well like universal or not universal uh marvel meshed well with the Disney kind of brand because they were, you know, superheroes and uh, the good guys and it was exciting. And The Simpsons is is a sitcom. It's a really good sitcom. Hey, 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 The Simpsons had a movie. Sure. <laughs> but yes, it's it's primarily a sitcom. I will I will give you that. But any, I mean, it's just it doesn't mesh as well. I just want to know: Will the now that now that Disney and The Simpsons are you know again without understanding because IP rights are just so uh, convoluted to me. But now that they are kind of a you know all in the same under the same umbrella to to whatever extent that might be, are we going to see The Simpsons begin to poke fun at Universal rather than <laughs> poking fun at because they're quite. You know there 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 are the Simpsons those Simpsons episodes that poke fun at Disney. Oh sure. I don't think I've ever seen one that poked fun at Universal. Maybe there's there a, is. Is there? There's well no. There's a Simpsons episode that uh that says "Welcome to 20th Century Fox," and then underneath it it says "A Division of the Walt Disney Company." Yeah, because the Simpsons, of course, <laughs> called it. The Simpsons did it first, <laughs> but. <laughs> and then there's another one where Mickey Mouse and Goofy and stuff are beating up Homer. While uh, while Bart watches, so 
Yeah, and the what jumping the fence to get the churro was yeah. a Simpsons thing. Yeah, yeah. There's plenty of there's plenty of uh, there's plenty of Disney stuff in there already. Um, you know, just I, I hope the company just kind of lets that lets that ride though, because that stuff is hilarious, and I yeah. and I love it. But uh, there is a place where they could put a Simpsons attraction if they wanted to. Uh, it would just have to be a slightly futuristic Simpsons attraction. How about that? So okay. that it fits, fits thematically. Because something that you are rejoicing in, and I am, I am saddened by so, so much. You, mm, you're a liar. What? Don't you are call, not. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Come Don't on. Don't paint me as the enemy here. Oh, yes, yes, you are the enemy. Hey, hey, who did I take in the first round of the draft? Everyone took it in the first round of the draft. Anyway, t- what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we are talking about Stitch's Great Escape, which will be reopening on December 23rd, but only until January 6th when it will close forever. Yay! Like I said, all I know is I took it in the first, I, I asked for it in the first round of the draft, I got it, and now you're, now you're trying to say that I don't enjoy Stitch's Great Escape, man. Everyone got Stitch's Great Escape in the draft. That was the rule. I know. Everyone gets Stitch's Great Escape. Any, anyway, Stitch's Great Escape <laughs> is not going to be anymore. Not that, not that it's really been a thing anyway, right? Yeah, I, no. You know, because I was, honestly, I was kind of surprised when they said it was going to reopen. I fully expected this to be another one of those, uh, we're just closing it for a while, and it'll be open when we're at capacity, and capacity just never quite get, you know what, we're just, oh, sorry, that's gone now. Yeah. You know, we, we just, we keep it closed long enough. We, we open it less and less frequently until the point where everybody forgets it's a thing. And then we just take it away and nobody, you know, no, nobody really notices. Notices or cares. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the, that was the, what I want to know is what is the over under. And of course we may, we may already have passed this point. Cause I, I'm probably not paying close enough attention, but. How soon until people start getting up in arms about this? Uh, like Stitch's never. Great Escape was the was my favorite. Like legitimately going to get up and you know that that Disney is changing and and recognize that when I say this, it is slightly tongue in cheek, but we've maybe been uh, guilty of the same thing in the past. I don't think ever for something like Stitch's Great Escape, but again, I also think that has to do with what how you and I feel about Stitch's Great Escape. Versus what other people feel about it. Like, there are probably people who legitimately like Stitch's Great Escape and are upset that it's not going to be there anymore. I can, I, I guess I can understand that. I just don't think anybody would get up in arms the way they would. I, like if they closed the People Mover, you know, or, or Monsters in Glass Floor, something else over there. I think this is just going to kind of go softly into that good night and nobody's really going to notice or care. See, and and you said that, and I and I started thinking about it, and I and to be honest, I would be kind of meh if if Monsters Inc. Lafleur was announced to be closing. I I can understand that. I like Monsters Inc. Lafleur well, because I don't it's dis- different I don't every time. It, but I yeah. I like it more because it's unique, and I know Stitch's Great Escape is also unique, but. It's not as well executed, uh, let's say, but there's there's tons of those weird type of attractions like Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor and Stitch's Great Escape that 
they're kind of take it or leave it attractions in a way well they're not they're not e ticket they're not e ticket attractions yeah yeah they're they're interchangeable you know as long as they is as long as they replace Stitch's Great Escape with something that's that's slightly <laughs> slightly good i mean that they're not going to get any worse so i think it's fine i'm going to look up real quick and see who owns alien because if is that, not, is that not 21st Century Fox? Alien, then we could put Alien Encounter back in there, but do it right. Well, but then we won't have to like try to try to end run around it and pretend like it's not Alien when it's clearly Alien. Right. Then you can just be upfront about it and say, "Yep, this is Alien." I do kind of wonder though, would this would getting rid of this attraction open up Stitch to be put into some other attract, like I'm not talking about shoot, but would getting rid of this attraction then allow Stitch a new attraction? Unless Could- it's Stitch's Hawaiian roller coaster ride, I don't want it. Honestly, I think that that's the only applicable Stitch attraction that there should be is Stitch's Hawaiian roller coaster ride. And where would Stitch's Hawaiian roller coaster ride go? I don't know, because it doesn't it doesn't really fit anywhere in Magic Kingdom. I don't think. But yeah, but I mean, Stitch's Great Escape doesn't fit in Tomorrowland either. Uh, it fits more than more than the Hawaiian roller coaster ride would. Because I mean, even like say Adventureland, which could at a stretch be the best place for it. I don't really think it. Fi- I think it that fits less there than Stitch's Great Escape. Like Stitch's Great Escape, yeah. at least at least somewhat tenuously but somewhat fits in Tomorrowland, right? I mean, it's it could, it's it futuristic. Could, it could go in Hollywood Studios. Yeah, because everything can go in Hollywood Studios. Sure. Because as long as it's movie-related. Yeah, yeah. Until it's not Disney's Hollywood Studios anymore, whenever, you know, name-pending uh, comes. You know, now it'll be Disney's 21st Century Fox Studio Adventure <laughs> Extravaganza Park. That's... That's what it, that's what that can be called uh, now. But I could I could see doing some sort of a Stitch dark ride or something like that in Adventureland. So I you know I'm just saying like I doubt it because I don't see Stitch see I don't see a renaissance for Stitch coming anytime soon, and that's the only way that Stitch gets another attraction, which is kind of sad. Uh, mm-hmm. I also don't think that Stitch was being. Uh, helped by this attraction anyway so i don't really know that it hurts but i don't know i i like that property so i wish they could do I something do with it but again it would have to it would have to be renewed i think in order to be used anywhere yeah and yes uh 20th century fox did distribute alien in 1986 21st now well, yes, but in 1986, it was 20th. So as long as those rights have not been sold I was about to say, been sold, sold to somebody since? or somebody else owns the... Uh, well, because at some point, Disney had some form of those rights because they used Alien in the Great Movie Ride. Well, but they, they don't own everything in the Great Movie Ride. They could have just licensed... Well, but that's what... But exactly. So they, they licensed it at that point, but they weren't willing to put it... I could I could see I could see extraterrestrial coming back because it might be more well received now than what it was back when it was actually released. I think just culturally that might it might play now. Yeah, well, I think too the licensing 
would be very different to say we want to build an attraction around this IP and ah, call it true. Alien instead of we want to add Ripley and the Alien and the Xenomorph into our attraction and people will see them for 10 seconds. Okay, so then this this becomes the, my other question to you. Do you really want to see that attraction? I don't really know that I do. I mean, I and when I say that, I mean, I don't really know that I want to see that attraction in Tomorrowland in the Magic Kingdom. I would I would agree with you on that. I would love to have I would love to have an attraction that uses that room well, you know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because Stitch's Great Escape took a room that was clear, well, I guess the room was initially built as a Oh, what was it? It was a, a space thing. You blast it off. They had screens in the floor and the ceiling. Right. And you blast it off into space in there. But it was transformed into a room that worked really well for horror. You know, and having the thing in the middle and doing all that. I mean, and you having, can tell. And having the things over your arms that moved and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah it, it did. And that's the thing is, like, I don't think that that, I don't think that's a bad thing from that aspect of it. I just in Tomorrowland. And you can tell, yeah, and you can tell even when Stitch is inside that tube that they're working hard to make it not scary. It's it just lends itself to horror and I would love to see an attraction take advantage of that and take advantage of that room and tell a story and if they wanted to bring extraterrestrial back but brand it Alien, you know, cuz they're still making Alien movies. Alien Covenant just came out last year. It wasn't very good, but the IP is still alive. And so they could ostensibly do that and not cause any kind of like brain fatigue with people trying to go, what the heck is Alien? But yeah, it does not fit in Tomorrowland. That's the problem is Extraterrestrial didn't fit into Tomorrowland. Stitch's Great Escape didn't either. The original thing did. The I wish I, I wish I knew the name of what it was, but the one where you went into space. Um, that fit into Tomorrowland. Mission to very Mars. well. Mi- that was Mission to Mars. Mission to Mars. Okay. Yeah, that's a, this is called Brad quickly clicking through the Wikipedia uh, <laughs> rabbit hole as 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 I'm trying to also listen and, and continue to take part of the conversation. But yes, well, Mission was... to Mars is the thing that we can't. Uh, show was originally named Rocket to the Moon, Flight to the Moon, then Mission to Mars. I was I was frantically trying to look through Retro WDW's uh, podcast feed because they did one on that a few months ago. So Man, I was, are I was, you are I was you trying, trying to scroll to, back? Are you trying to like send people to other podcasts? <laughs> Don't they want to listen to Missing the Olaf? <sighs> they should. I mean, oh, we okay, are the okay, we but, are the only real Disney podcast. Yes. Okay. So here's the thing, though. <laughs> Extraterrestrial. I'd love to see back. Branded as alien. That's also a really bad name. Extraterrestrial is just a bad name. Well, uh, yeah, but when it's branded as alien, you can you can give it alien the ride. I mean, if you want to or whatever. But at Disney's Hollywood Studios, and then and then let's put let's put something that's a little bit more family friendly at at uh, Tomorrowland, right? Because I think I think it would could fit where in where in Disney's Hollywood Studios would it fit? I don't know. And it's and clearly Disney's Hollywood Studios has become the place where we throw things yeah. when we don't know where else they would fit. Though I I would argue that that totally fits with the whole. You know what? You could put it over there in the same area as uh, Rock and Roller Coaster and the Hollywood Tower Hotel, and it would fit thematically possibly in that area. Mm-hmm. In that in that that area doesn't really have a theme. 
Right. But it's, you know, I, I don't know. I just feel like that would fit better than uh than Tomorrowland. But yeah, as long as long as I know that right now they've been using that area as kind of like a character meet and greet spot. Mm-hmm. I hope that it I hope that it doesn't like stay that. I just hope that they I know they've said, you know, something that's currently unannounced as what's going to go there. They they are going to build something new. I just want them to actually build something new there and not, well, at some point we'll build something new. But for right now, it's a great spot for a character meet and greet because that happens sometimes. Yeah. And, it, and okay, here's the Disney side of it. That's a great character meet and greet spot for Stitch and uh, the monsters from Monsters, Inc. Because all of these things fit in Tomorrowland. True. Because Stitch is an alien and the monsters fit in I, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even trying to open that box of how the monsters fit in Tomorrowland. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but Buzz Lightyear could be over there, you know. Right. I'm. I'm trying to sit here and think what is, what else is in that area? That little section where uh, Stitch's Great Escape is. Oh, gosh. there's a there's a magic, uh, a My Magic Plus kiosk area next door. Right. I can't remember what's on the other side. And isn't the isn't the My Magic Plus is that not where Timekeeper used to be? Uh I I could not say. I don't I don't remember. Okay, cuz I mean I feel like there's I feel like there's more there's more area over there that they could use. Is there a gift shop on the other side? No, cuz that's that's where Monsters other side is. Oh, wait, wait. Are you talking about like further down other side? Yeah, like on the other side of the same building. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's a uh... I can't remember the name of it, but yes, that is a gift shop at like the corner of that building, right? Because honestly, yes, that's what I would expect them to do is knock all the stuff out, close up the Stitches Great Escape door side, put up a mural and make either a bigger, a bigger gift shop or a food area, you know, or something and not, not put another uh, attraction in there. I really hope that's not what happens. I really I, hope. I do too. Yeah, because what want Merchant, that to be Merchant case. of Venus is over there. And I think maybe, gosh, I think maybe the original, the original setup for this was... Yeah, because you exit through the gift shop. Right, exactly. So I think Merchant of Venus was originally the gift shop through which you would exit back in Mission to Mars, uh, Mission to Space, all of the, you know, or mm-hmm. Mission to the Moon, sorry, uh, or Flight to the Moon. Jeez, wow. Mission to Mars and Flight <laughs> to the Moon. Back in those days, I think that was probably the gift shop with which you exited. Because, like I said, I know that further down from Stitch's Great Escape, I really feel like that area is open as well. Though, I, who knows what it's being used for? And in fact, it could be even be used for part of Stitch's Great Escape. Like maybe the pre-show is actually in that area. Now that I think about it, the area that's between kind of the the primary mm-hmm. theater and. The gift shop could actually be the pre-show area for Stitcher's Great Escape, but maybe. Yeah, again, let's just. I I just want them. I just hope they put something else there. Uh, if for no other reason, then they need stuff to eat people, right? Sure. And they could put something else to eat people there, but whatever they do or don't put there, <laughs> Ditch's Great Escape, soon to be no more. You have from December twenty third to January sixth to see how many times you can go and do Stitch's Great Escape. And if you do Stitch's Great Escape 50 times or more, Jeremy will send you a, a special commemorative Stitch's Great Escape, I can't believe I did it that much t-shirt. I think if you do Stitch's Great Escape 50 times or more, you die. 
<laughs> See, that's why I'm that's why I'm offering the t-shirt. We'll never have to pay off on this, man. <laughs> well, you don't die. You just go crazy. I mean, you know, they're not going to be able to contact us. They don't. I don't think they allow them to send letters from that part of the uh, of the loony bin. So it's 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 a uh, it's chili dog smell poisoning. <laughs> where where are they going to use the chili dog smell next? Oh God, the garbage can. Ooh. Hopefully, ooh ooh, Soren over oh, no. <laughs> the world, and halfway through, Stitch just climbs over the side of your hang glider <laughs> and burps right in your face. Ugh. Well, that'll do it for this one. You can follow us on Twitter at MTM Podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash MTM Podcast. Or you can visit us on the web at missingthemouse.co. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And until then, have a magical day. <laughs> <laughs>